It has very much been a focal point of my prayer for the last week that we see Mary carrying Jesus in the gospel today, and she is received in one way by Elizabeth and John the Baptist. And at the end of this week, we are going to see Mary carrying that same baby Jesus again in the gospel, and Mary is going to be treated and received in a very different way. And so Mary is received with joyful anticipation and delight when she comes carrying Jesus to Elizabeth and to John. And in a few short days, we're going to hear that Mary is laughed at, rejected, and cast out from the inn when she knocks on the door of the inn, seeking a place to give birth to her son. And I think that's a very interesting and very deliberate posture that the church is giving us to contemplate at the beginning of this week and at the end of this week. Those are two very different postures, and that's something I think that we are called to pay attention to this day. Pope Benedict XVI tells us that the inn that we hear about in the Christmas narrative every year, that the inn symbolizes that place where the world gathers to seek refuge, to seek shelter, to celebrate, and to be together, to joyfully and whatever it is, Do the world's thing. And so the inn is that place where the world gathers. And so it should not shock us that Jesus and his mother are not welcome there. That there is no place there for them. That they are pushed aside and sent to a stable. But the posture of Elizabeth and John the Baptist is very different. And so I think it would be interesting if we were going to hold up and compare Mary at the inn and Mary with Elizabeth and John the Baptist today and see, okay, what's going on here? Because I think Mary has some very interesting perspectives and gifts for us this week as we prepare for that grace to receive her son well when he comes at Christmas. To be Christian is to be Marian. And so we want to look to Mary and to learn from her example and her witness how to carry Jesus well, how to receive him and how to carry him. And so there are three distinct ways that I think the Lord is calling us to reflect on and to meditate with this week that Mary shows us how to carry Jesus. And the first thing that I think Mary holds up and would want to show us today is the importance of humility, littleness in the eyes of the world. We would look at Mary from the worldly perspective and we would say, yep, nothing to write home about here, nothing significant there. In the first reading, we heard from the great prophet Micah, You, Bethlehem, too small to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth, for me the one who is to be the ruler of Israel. Where was Jesus born? Bethlehem, too small to be counted among the tribe of Judah, too insignificant to be written uh, about really anything about. Bethlehem, not Tokyo, not Rome, not New York City, not Los Angeles, Not the place where the world gathers and where the world champions itself. Bethlehem, an insignificant place that no one would care to think twice about, is where Jesus comes and where Mary chooses to carry him. There is something to be said here, that the world wants to be seen by itself. And when it is seen by itself, praised by itself, seeking the approval of its own, it has no need for Jesus. 
And so we see a very different posture, the posture of humility that Elizabeth and John the Baptist reflect in saying, Mary, you carry the one who has come to save us. We want him. You are welcome here. Come and take up residence with us. That's a very different posture than the inn opening the door and saying, no room for you here. Get out. Mary's humility is profound in that she is willing to carry Jesus to both people. Some people recognize him for the gift that he is and receive him with joy, and others close the door and tell her to leave. Which are we? From whose perspective do we choose to look? Whose affirmation and approval are we seeking? That of the eternal Son of God or that of the world in which we live that has no need or interest in him? Secondly, Mary models for us mercy. Mary receives Jesus, and she sets out in haste to carry him and to bring him to others. And so we see her doing that with Elizabeth and John the Baptist, and we're going to see her also doing that as she approaches that door at the inn. Mary is in humble confidence in both ways. She moves in mercy both times, seeking to love people with the eyes, the voice. Did you hear about it? It was the voice that tipped off John the Baptist that this is Jesus here with the eyes, the voice, and the heart of one who carries Jesus. And Mary doesn't differentiate. She treats the people at the inn exactly as she does Elizabeth and John the Baptist. And so Mary goes to knock at that inn door, knowing that she'll be rejected, knowing that she'll be mocked and cast out, but she goes to knock at it nonetheless. Because the children of God who live in that inn, who reside as children of the world, are also in fact worthy of his mercy. And so she goes to, to them and she comes to all of us, knocking on all of our hearts, inviting us to receive her son, the gift of the Father's mercy, who has come to free and to heal and to save his people. And so this is, I think for us, a beautiful opportunity for us to recognize perhaps this week at Christmas parties, at family gatherings, we might run into people that we're not big fans of. People that we might look at and say, nothing to write home about here. I don't really like this person. This person is not in a place where they are ready to receive Jesus. What would Mary do in those instances? She would go to them and she would love them with the eyes, the heart, and the voice of one who is merciful. And so in those moments of tension, when you see that family member that you really aren't a fan of later on this week, I hope that you remember this movement of Mary that she carries Jesus to everyone, regardless of whether or not she will find room and welcome there, because every person is worthy of the gift that she carries. And so Mary teaches for us the way of humility. She teaches us the way of mercy. And then finally, Mary carries Jesus, not begrudgingly, not, well, someone had to do this, all right, fine, Father, I'll carry Jesus. No, Mary does it joyfully. Joy. The prerequisite in the canonization of process for any saint, anytime the church investigates a life of a person and looks to see, like, hey, are they maybe a saint? The first thing that the church looks for is, did they live a life of authentic joy? Not like joy in the midst of the pleasures of the world and look how great we are and amazing we are and we just live our life on social media. No, authentic joy. Some of the most authentically joyful people that I have ever met are people who are insignificant in the eyes of the world who have nothing. They are some of the most authentically free, authentically joyful people that we've ever met. 
And I think one great example of that that all of us would be able to recognize is the name and the witness of Mother Teresa of Calcutta. When we think of Mother Teresa, I don't think we think of someone who was like, oh yeah, you know, she lived a pretty miserable existence and man, she was never joyful. No, Mother Teresa, everything about her witness is authentic joy. Mother Teresa was humble. The world would look at her and say, yep, nothing to see here, nothing to write home about here next. But Mother Teresa lived in humility and she treated and loved others with the eyes, the voice, and the heart of mercy. And Mother Teresa lived a life of authentic joy, so much so that she was interviewed one time and she was asked, Mother Teresa, what's the secret of your joy? And she responded and she looked at the interviewer and she said, I really don't understand how this is difficult because joy is spelled J-O-Y, Jesus, others, yourself. When Jesus comes first in a person's life and others come before you, you will find joy. You will live a life of authentic joy. J-O-Y, Jesus, others, ourself. What's the problem? We live in a world that would not tell us that's how you spell joy, right? We would live in a world that would say, you know, Y for you, F for football, B for baseball, P for politics, C for CNN, S for social media, U for, Y for you again, O for others, and then maybe in eighth place we'll put Jesus. That will never lead to authentic joy. Because in order for us to live joy, he must come first. And we don't get first things by putting them eighth. We will never spell joy when Jesus does not come first and others do not come before us. And so Mother Teresa reminds us, J-O-Y, Jesus, others, yourself. But the perfect and first embodiment of this message is Mary. Jesus first, others second. They come before ourselves. When we are able to live this and to live this well, we find the joy that Jesus has come to give us at Christmas. And so we look to Mary, we look to Elizabeth and to John the Baptist, who recognize Jesus for the gift that he is, who live humility, not interested in what the world has to offer, recognizing that the world sells only breaks and diminishes human life, that what Jesus has come to offer is indeed the path to life. Humility, mercy, recognizing the worthiness of each and every person that we meet to see them, to love them, and to embrace them with the eyes, the voice, and the heart of Jesus, and then joy, putting Jesus first and choosing to live for others before we live for ourselves. Humility, mercy, joy. This is the path to us finding the grace and the strength to leave that in on Christmas when Mary comes and knocks at the door to leave what the world offers and to follow her to the stable to receive he who is the Prince of Peace and the Lord of Life, the one who comes to set us free. And that same one is about to place himself on this altar at this Mass, and we will carry him through this week as Mary carries him. Humility, mercy, joy. This is the path to Christmas.